Guys, take your Bibles. Let's go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. I told Allison, um, I felt a little bad doing this sermon. We've been in a series. For those of you who are visiting with us, so, so you understand what's happening here, we've been doing a topical study through the month of December uh, about Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. And we've been looking at the birth of Christ, the life of Christ, and today we're going to look at the death. And I said I felt kind of bad doing the subject of death when we have the choir singing. It reminded me of that pastor who put up that sign out front of the church. You know, he had to change the sign and he said, come hear our sermon this week on what hell's like. Hear our choir. It said down below. It was just sort of a mix, a bad... Con, yeah, so, so don't read into any... The death has nothing to do, by the way. I knew y'all's last song. She was telling me, well, our last song is about the resurrection. It's the hope. And, and, and yes, and it is. Guys, this is what Christmas is about. His birth, His coming, is for His eventual resurrection and His glorious return. But this morning, we got to talk about the death. Because without the death... There is no resurrection morning. Without the death, there is no coming again of our Lord. What we celebrate at Christmas time hinges upon the death of Christ and what it was for. And so I want us to understand the fullness, the richness of what Christmas is about. And so in order to do that, we've got to talk about the death. And so if you've got your Bibles there this morning, let's look in John chapter 12 and verse... 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Lord, I pray this morning as we reflect on the word of God, as we open your word, I pray, Lord, that you meet with us. You teach us. You encourage us. Thank you for the blessing of the choir and the songs that we're saying this morning as we celebrate Christmas. Lord, what an honor, what a privilege to be able to be here freely and to hear songs that we're saying. And Lord, just to lift the name of Christ. And I pray that will continue through the preaching of your word. And so Lord, work in our hearts. Give us ears to hear for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to do this real quick. I'm going to try to get through this as fast as possible. Jesus, the reason for the season. The death of Jesus, and I need us to understand this, church, because I look around this morning, and for the most part, our folks, we see some visitors, that's great. For the believers that are here, you're the church. It's not this building, it's not 501 South Charles Street, but you, you are the church. And church, the death of Jesus Christ, is central to our declaration, proclamation 
of the gospel, our demonstration of worship, our praising in worship, and our discipleship and our perseverance as a saint. This is the outline this morning. This is where we're going. I want us to kind of unfold this as we think about, again, why are we here this morning? Yeah, great Christmas program. We love the Christmas program. It's great. It's awesome. But I think too often times we come in these doors, we sit here, we see the beautiful decorations, and they're awesome. They are great decorations, beautiful. We hear the music, wonderful. But guys, if we're not careful, we just sort of go through it. We don't stop and think about why God stepped into time. This isn't a pie-in-the-sky story. This is real life. This is life. This is eternal life we're talking about. We need not miss this glorious story. Jesus coming into this earth was for a purpose, for a reason. And He is the reason for this season. And so sometimes we need to just sort of stop, Meditate on those songs. See, I know the choir has because they've been practicing over and over and over. So these songs really get down deep in your heart. You ever know, do that, you know, like a song that kind of sticks and sometimes you just wake up in the morning and it's sort of there? See, I know that because I've been hearing my wife sing it while she's cooking and faith in the house. You know, I just hear this. I know. So it gets that, and that's good. This is meditating on it. This is chewing on it. Guys, this is what we've got to do from the messages on Sunday morning. You don't just close up your book, go home, and forget about it. We need to think about, we need to chew on, we need to meditate on the truths of the scriptures that are being taught. And when we think about this purpose, when we think about the message of the cross, this is why we've been talking about from the cradle, because oftentimes that's where we're at, baby Jesus. Baby Jesus, I love baby Jesus. Even the world loves baby Jesus. Baby Jesus isn't threatening to the world. So they'll even let you have a little baby Jesus. But we need to go from the cradle to the cross. Because that's the message. You know, we've been saying it from the womb to the tomb to his coming soon. But I thought about that. I said, you know, that kind of misses, though, the resurrection, doesn't it? So maybe we ought to say from the womb to the tomb to the resurrection, boom, to his coming soon. I don't know. Maybe that may be a little much here. You market that T-shirt, Lori. We'll sell it. All right. The death of Jesus. Declaration, proclamation. Let's talk about that. What do we mean by that? You know, we're told in the scriptures that we're to make the good news known. When you see Peter's first preaching in Acts, it says he lifted his voice. He proclaimed the good news. And guys, we need to make sure that as the church we're... we're Sharing the good news. But before we can give good news, we got to give the bad news. And look, death is not good news, is it? Death is sort of bad news. I know at this time, a lot of us who have loved ones who've gone on before us, Christmas can be tough. Holidays can be hard. You know, it reminds me, of the story, as I look around at the flowers and, and see these things this morning, I'm reminded of a story about um, a, a, a banker. It, well, actually, it was a, a florist. And, and this florist was to send out orders, and one of those was to a bank. It was a bank in Binghamton, New York. 
And they had some flowers that they wanted to send to a competitor who had recently moved into a new building. There was a mix-up, though, at the flower shop. Now, I know Miss Carol Jean, this never happened in her shop, but, but it happened in this shop. And there was a mix-up at the flower shop, and the card sent with the arrangement to the new bank in town read, with our deepest sympathy. The florist, who was greatly embarrassed, apologized. But she was even more embarrassed when she realized that the card intended for the bank was attached to a floral arrangement sent to a funeral home in honor of a deceased person. And that card read, congratulations on your new location. That's, that's pretty rough. <laughs> but hey, maybe not. That might have been the best encouraging flower arrangement there. <laughs> but when we think of Christmas, we don't always associate it with death. It's often the baby Jesus, it's, it's gifts, it's life, and, and we should think of those things. But we must be mindful before we, the church, can proclaim and declare the good news, we must proclaim the bad news. And the Bible states the bad news is the wages of sin is death. Central to our message is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, the Bible states that the law requires that Nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. That's Hebrews 9.22. Think about it. The Old Testament sacrifices for sin began even before the law of Moses was given. From the beginning of time, right after man fell into sin, the first sacrifice was the animal that was slain by God to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve, Genesis 3, 21. When they sinned in disobedience, rebelled against God, death entered in as a result. And the first sacrifice for man was given. Now, I can't prove it. I do think it was a lamb, foreshadowing the Lamb of God, Christ, who would come. Scripture doesn't say specifically at that time that that was the case, but we know this, it was an animal, and the, and the covering was used to cover their shame, to cover their nakedness. And in that, there's great imagery. This covering was an act of God's grace. And it was a foreshadowing of the last sacrifice for sin, the death of Jesus Christ. You know, we think about it, and again, death is very real in our life, and it knocks at every man's door, lest the Lord return. We all face it. Did a funeral yesterday, Miss Peggy Rao, those of you who knew her, and, and um, the family gathered for memorial yesterday in, in Kinston. And I shared this story, and I want to share it with you. I was driving with my children to my wife's funeral, this is Donald Barnhouse writes this. He says, I was driving with my children to my wife's funeral where I was to preach the sermon. Can you imagine that? 
As we came into one small town, there strode down in front of us a truck that came to a stop before red light. It was the biggest truck I ever saw in my life. And the sun was shining on it at just the right angle that took its shadow and spread it across the snow on the field beside us. As the shadow covered the field, I said, Look, children, look at that truck. Look at its shadow. If you had to be run over, which would you rather be run over by? Would you rather be run over by the truck or by the shadow? My youngest child said, the shadow couldn't hurt anybody. That's right, I continued. And death is a truck. But the shadow is all that ever touches the Christian. You see, because the truck ran over Jesus Christ. But by His grace, it's the shadow that covers you as a Christian. I thought, you know what, it's a, good, it's a good illustration. You know, the death of Jesus is central to the proclamation. When we think about it, you consider the cross in the preaching of the good news of Jesus. Don't take my word for it. Look at these passages of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 2, 2. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who, of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. This thing's on automatic pilot. 1 Corinthians 1.23, But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. This is the message, church, that we're to proclaim. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4, For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Be sure to be here next week now. We're going to be talking about the resurrection. What better Sunday to be talking about it? The Sunday before Christmas. The resurrection of Christ. But prior to that, he had to face the cross of Calvary. For our sins, guys, the wages of sin is death. Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Galatians 3.1 And then what about demonstration and praising? We see this also uh, in this account. Now what do you mean by that? Demonstration and praising. Well, think about us as a church. What are some of the, some of the things that we do when we gather together as believers? Well, two of the major ordinances that we practice... Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Consider the death and resurrection and the worship of the church, especially in relation to its ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. By the way, if you want to know more of this, uh, you can look at some of these things I'm sharing this morning, some of the scriptural references we're going to be sharing shortly. There's going to be a whole bunch of them. Don't expect you to write those down. L look at uh, Baker's Encyclopedia, Christian Apologetics, uh, Norman Geisler, and you can find this information on the death of Christ. Very important for us, church, to think about these truths. You know, Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore, we were buried with Him. We were buried with Him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. 
You know, when we come here and you see us do the baptismal service, those of you who had the privilege of baptizing, one of the things Pastor Jeremy does, Pastor Jeremy says, you know, buried in the likeness of his death, and that symbolizes, that reaches out, it, it tells to, in proclamation to those around us, that you have trusted the good news of Jesus. You understand his death on behalf of your sins. And that you, the old man, is by faith come to Christ. By faith, you've come to the foot of Calvary. By faith, you are trusting that Jesus has atoned for your sin. You are putting your faith and trust, not in your good deeds, not in your righteous works, not in the fact that you go to church, but you are putting your faith and trust in that He paid it all. And all to Him I owe. And so that buried in the likeness of His death, raised to walk in newness of life. Hallelujah! My life ought to be different as a Christian. My life ought to be different from the world around me. Because I've experienced the new birth. Think about it, the song y'all sang. They started into it a while ago. I was like, oh, hey, my blood's getting going. What did I put that hymnal? Let me, let, me, let me get this for you. Man, oh man. You know what? Here's what it says. Let me read it to you. Ooh. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Listen to this. He says right here. In this verse, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. I, 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 listen, I should have shouted because I heard it and I felt it and I was like, whoo! And I didn't want to disrupt the room. But you know, come on, sometimes we got to disrupt the room. Amen? Amen? That's good stuff. That'll preach. Listen. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm not sorry. Let's get, yeah, look, look, look. God is good. Amen? Amen? He's given us new birth. And it's not without death. He sacrificed. And guys, if we're going to live for Christ, it's going to take sacrifice. The baptism, when we are doing these things as a church, when we come together and worship, these are displays of the changed heart within. And so we, we should understand these things. We also see the Lord's Supper. Oh, by the way, let me, let me read this one here. This is uh, uh, um, Colossians 2.12. Buried with Him in baptism in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. Now again, baptism doesn't save us. Alright? You know my illustration. The ring doesn't make me married. Whether, you know, it's like, oh no, oh no, look, Pastor Jeremy. Oh man, I must be swelling up, Mama. Too much salt in my diet. Wait till next week. It's going to be really bad. I'm not married. I'm not married. Now I'm married. Now I'm married. Oh no, I'm not married. Now I'm married. It doesn't work like that, guys. The ring doesn't make me married. Baptism doesn't make me saved. Alright? This is a public display of my commitment, of where I am in relationship with God. And I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm not ashamed of this. Y'all met my wife. I married up. <laughs> Some of you guys can relate to that, right? The Lord's Supper. Think about the Lord's Supper when we do the Lord's Table, which, by the way, next Sunday, be here, we're going to do the Lord's Table. Deacons are on notice. They're like, I didn't know we were going to do that. Yeah, you just got your notice. 
Lord's Supper, Lord willing, next Sunday. For I received, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Guys, every time we come in here and we do the Lord's table and we meditate, we think on what happened. We understand the Christmas story. We understand why Jesus came. We understand why He's the reason for the season. And it was because, not just the cradle, it was because of the cross. And so, as we demonstrate this in our worship, it becomes evident to a lost world around us. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The death is central to the message of the gospel. And so we understand this as believers. Revelation 5, 12. What a verse. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen? His coming was for the purpose of the cross. And we must remember that. Especially this time of year. And then the third point, the third thing, is discipleship. When we think about this, The death of Jesus being central to us believers is also uh, about discipleship. It's about the perseverance of the saints. Consider the suffering and death of Christ and that meaning it has in in regards to Christian discipleship. You know, Galatians 2.20, one of my favorite verses, I use this often in my counseling sessions, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. This is exchange life, guys. Do you understand the exchange life concept? When you go down here to Food Line, you walk in with some money, and you give them some money, and they give you some milk. Well, they don't give it to you. You've got to go get it yourself. But anyway... Maybe now with this app service, you know, pull up drive through I don't know. But you do an exchange, right? There's an exchange that takes place. When we come to the cross of Calvary by faith, we recognize that Jesus Christ laid down His life. He came into this world for the purpose to die for your sin, to die for my sin. And He did that on the cross. He said, I will take the punishment that they deserve. I will suffer in their place. And so He took the wrath upon Himself, for the wages of sin is death. And He died for you and for me. And in exchange, He gets our sin and He extends to us by grace His righteousness. This is a win. Wow! There's a... who? I mean, think about that. We get the righteousness of God imputed to our account. And our sin debt we've been racking up, the charge card we've been using. I know none of y'all using charge cards this Christmas. Now, come on. We don't do that. You've been through FPU. If you're not, you need to come see me. All right? Cash only. Anyway. Um, 
You run up that debt, the bill comes due. The Bible says that the wrath of God is being held back. The debt of man is accumulating. And one day, the bill is going to come due. Now, the good thing for us believers is the debt's been paid in full at Calvary. And we come to understand that, and that's why we put our faith and trust in that. And the exchange takes place. We receive the righteousness of God credited to our account, and He gets our sin, and He paid for it in full. Death is at the central. Not only there, but as disciples, guys, we must die to self. That passage I read in the beginning in John 12, 24, it talks about even us as followers, the importance of if you, want to, if you want to save your life that you have right now in this world, you're just going to work all you can to save the life you want, you're going to lose it. In the end, game's over. You lose. Period. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? In the end, you lose. But Jesus said, if you're willing to lose your life for my sake, if you're willing to come to the cross of Calvary and say, I surrender my life, I- I've been crucified with Christ. I'm willing to die to self. I'm surrendering my life as I know it for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Guys, that's the reason he came. Again, he came... To give his life. There it is. Y'all see that thing run off on me? Y'all knew what I was doing. Jesus spoke repeatedly to his disciples about taking up the cross and following him. Think about how many times the Apostle Paul says, I die daily. I die to self daily. And we must do that as disciples, as followers of Christ. This also means a willingness to suffer as Christ suffered. The Acts of the Apostles indicates many parallels between the sufferings of the early Christians and the sufferings of Christ. I die every day, says Paul. Conclusion. What? Already? Yes. The benefits of the death of Christ for those who believe are thus spoken of in a number of ways. Think about it. They are the forgiveness of sins, our cleansing from sin, our healing. You know, again, these are things that the death of Christ affords us. Our salvation. Our life. Our justification. Our being granted God's righteousness as a gift of grace. Our sanctification or being made holy. All possible because of who Christ is and what He did on our behalf. Christmas is for salvation. From the womb to the tomb to the resurrection boom to His coming soon. May Jesus' birth, life, and death serve as an inspiration to all believers in the declaration and proclamation of the gospel, in the demonstration and the praising of worship, and in the discipleship and the perseverance of the saints. 
wise men today worship not only the child of Bethlehem, but also the man of Calvary. From the cradle to the cross. Let's pray. Father, thank you for an awesome day. The music, the, just the decorum, the atmosphere, the people. Lord, all here today to exalt the name of Christ, to lift the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that has been well-pleasing in your sight. And Lord, I pray that the heart of man would be drawn near. Lord, let it not just be our lips, but let it be our heart. Lord, have your will and way in us. May we meditate on these truths. May we chew these things over as we hear Christmas songs sung, as we hear messages, as we read, our, uh, read the Bible over this break, Lord, that we have coming. May we think about the reason for the season. And it truly is about Jesus, our Lord. And we thank you in that name that is above every name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.